is Christina, and thank you for checking in to the Humphrey Widow Seas. This is a podcast where a guest and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, our guest is Harley. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Can't complain. I could complain about certain things, namely <laughs> the weather. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little icy. I actually had to go on campus today and leave my toasty little dorm, so... <laughs> If it was only a little bit icy for you, I envy you. Uh, <laughs> this will reveal what part of the country I'm in, but we specifically have a special weather alert out for my part of the Midwest that's just basically don't go outside from tomorrow until probably Wednesday <laughs> because oh of the wind chill and because of just the just the general not wanting to you should not be out in this weather and like i agree fun. <laughs> i might have a desk job in an office but i would really love to not have to worry about whether or not the wind chill is going to is going to maim me on my way into the office from the parking lot well we did have to uh the fire alarm went off uh recently at our dorm and my roommate and i were standing for 20 minutes in the middle of a blizzard so it was one Woof. safety hazard into another <laughs> Woof! i'm very sorry to hear that i hope everyone was okay everyone was fine we were just all of us were cranky it was a bunch of cranky college students standing in the snow <laughs> no i totally get that I think I remember the only time that I think a fire alarm went off in my dorm in college was because someone had put an entire box of pizza into the oven to warm up. But that includes putting the cardboard in the oven. And this was this was an academic honors dorm. <laughs> For all we know, it's our roommates doing it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was something. But we're here, we're not here today to talk about any of that, although I'm sure there's probably a Slice of Life podcast out there that would love to have both of us on. Um, probably. We are here to, today to talk about uh, original characters and yours in specific, Harley. So who are we talking about today? We are talking about the one, the only, Elena Josephine Polerson. Nice. Very strong name. And I have some theories about what her power set is going to be. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> uh, I mean, in kayfabe, yes. Out of kayfabe, obviously. <laughs> well, uh, Elena is a uh, tigress shifter uh, with the powers mm -hmm. of fire and ice, and she has a specialized weapon, uh, which is a trident. Nice, nice. Um, before, like, okay, so since you have given us that Elena is a, a shapeshifter with fire and ice powers and wielding a trident, where did Elena start? Like, w how did she first come into existence? Well, um, uh, there's a little show called Shell and Showdown. Ah, uh, Yes. I know yes. and respect Charlene Showdown. <laughs> Animation was great. It was, it was, and incredible voice acting. 
Mm-hmm. So when I was uh, 12 and uh, my uh, former stepsister and I used to have a LARP ongoing and it really started with a Pirates of the Caribbean and Shaolin Showdown. And as most LARPs are, Interesting. When, you know, okay. yes, yes. <laughs> when you, uh, when you are, um, you know, uh, 14 and 12 and you're doing a LARP, they tend to be uh, pretty much just like live action crack fix. <laughs> uh, now there's a phrase I haven't heard in many years. <laughs> Well, but I've also, been I on totally the internet get it. a long time. <laughs> Same, and I think we should. I think we should move on. Bef- I, I think we should leave this behind so our bones don't turn to dust. Uh, probably, but um, so Shell and Showdown is really where Elena started because I fell in love with the bad boy Chase Young. <laughs> nice. Was Chase Young the one who could turn into a dragon? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now I'm. I'm. I'm seeing. I'm seeing the formative pieces. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so I was really in love with uh, his shape shifting abilities, as well as all the um, abulous fan art pictures I found of him on DeviantArt. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That tracks. That tracks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, um, being you know. Not wanting to be cringe, but, you know, being cringe anyway, I created a Mary Sue, which started, which is where Elena started. Hey, in in this, in this <laughs> podcast, we love and respect Mary Sues. And, and that's one of the reasons why I am on this podcast, because I, I also support Mary Sues, um, you know? Good. Um, cringe is dead, kids. Uh, we're all dying. <laughs> I, Do what I you feel want. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like if, if we can take a brief a brief pit stop into the realm of cringe, I mm. feel like the the thing about cringe is that I, I feel like you you only really should apply it to things that were like really really bad. Or, like, things that were intentionally done to hurt other people. Like, if you were someone who was, like, being being a very intense fan of something is not cringe. It's not cringe unless you're hurting other people. It's, it, I agree. Don't, don't be ashamed <laughs> of having loved things intensely when you were younger or loving things intensely now. Which is really the whole point of the Twilight Renaissance, but we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> nah, go watch Sarah Zed's video. It's good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Elena started out as a love interest for Chase Young, but I do have nice, to go back nice. to Twilight for a quick second because I was a huge <laughs> Twilight fan back in the day and, you know, still am in, in some ways mm-hmm. more than others. And... Um, because of that, I decided to write a, uh, a fanfic featuring uh, Elena and Chase in the style of one uh, Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So was when you say in the style, do you mean like you said it in forks or that you just kind of like emulated her style of prose? 
I would say I emulated her style of prose. I did not have them in okay, Forbes, gotcha. Washington. I don't even gotcha. know where okay. the setting was. What really mattered was that Chase Young was not wearing a shirt, but he was wearing jeans and a leather jacket, and he looked good. <laughs> you know what? Chase, your bliss. Yes. Hey, I just realized <laughs> what I said. You know, that dad joke went right over me. <laughs> That's just the level but, of friends that I'm making tonight. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm going to uh, let you in on uh, my favorite line from this fanfic because I think oh, it's a do. great, yes, it is a fantastic final line of anything I've ever written. Shout out to 14-year-old me for being a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I watched him walk away and my heart bled my tears. <laughs> Uh, that's just chef kiss. Very, it really is. Very 14, <laughs> very 14 year old, melodramatic, enemy darkness, raven dementia way. I respect that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which is very funny because I didn't even hear about my immortal until college. <laughs> really? Huh? I know. I feel cheated by the uh, by the Harry Potter fandom that I grew up with, uh, not just because, you know. Valid. Of, um, Valid. <laughs> JK, what's her name? <laughs> yeah, JK Fartmouth. Yep. <laughs> JK Fartmouth and her newly inducted compatriot, uh, joke bringing Wheaties. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yes, that is that is an excellent word for him. Uh, joke brain Wheaties. I, I'm I'm gonna have to use that now. <laughs> Me too. I that that was off the cuff, and I'm gonna have to remember that. <laughs> anyway, you were feeling betrayed. Yes. Yes. Um. <laughs> so that's really where uh, Elena's origin was. Was um you know uh, a crackfic LARP. When I was younger, and um, mm-hmm. then this original universe that I had already kind of been, you know, playing around with. I had always been mm-hmm. writing since I was eight years old. I've been writing, so really, Elena was one of my first like hugely well developed female characters. Um, you know, as a kid, you start with flat characters, and then Elena was like became a person after a. Yeah. You know, uh, this LARP happened, and uh, then I started to mm-hmm. write her into the story uh, that I'm currently working on. Um, my writing partner and I. Nice. Um, nice. We are uh, planning on uh, working on a book this summer. We're doing some world building and some uh, nice. plotting right now, but, you know, she's in law school. Uh, she lives in England, and I'm, <laughs> I'm on the east coast of the U.S., so uh, mm-hmm. with us both in college right now don't really have uh, the energy for such things but you know that's, that's no really i understand the plan. <laughs> coming this summer <laughs> you gotta work on things in a time frame which is healthiest for you like yeah if art school taught me anything it's that you have to work on things when you're in the healthy mindset too otherwise you're never going to be satisfied creatively with what it is that you're making <laughs> Yes, but uh, Elena lives in the uh, magical world of Magebridge. Okay, nice. Magebridge, got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she is a woman of nobility. Okay. Um, and, yeah. As in landed nobility, or as in, like, 
I'm the mayor's daughter kind of nobility. Um, no, she, well, I would say she's a daughter of a lord. Okay, okay. So, so she's, and she's also kind of a knight because, uh, so the elemental shapeshifter community is known as the legend, and Elena is part of the legend, and the legend is a nobility, uh, military unit for Magebridge. Interesting, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, okay. so her her older brothers, she has three older brothers and uh, two younger brothers. So Oh my. And yes, yes. Uh, and her uh, so she's sort of her mother's a bit of a, a martyr war hero, so and Elena takes after her in her animal form. So Elena is always trying to prove herself. And also, mm-hmm. her father kind of became a jerk after her mother died, so he's always sort of ignoring her and paying attention to his eldest son, who takes after him and is going to be the next leader of the legend. So there's uh, a lot of... Uh, favoritism. Yes, and there's a lot of gender politics to do with that, and him wanting to preserve the last of his wife through Elena, which he does by neglecting her and um, downplaying all of her accomplishments, which just makes Elena more determined. Um, <laughs> I'm glad know, to hear uh, that she's handling it in, in, with the intent of overcoming it, if that makes sense. Yes, uh, you know, I, I would say the largest problem with that is that she does it to the point of burnout. <laughs> That's a mood. Yeah, she has a lot of trouble with self-care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, um... But I, I did kind of want to touch on two characters that are part of the Magebridge universe that are important to Elena. Um, yeah, go for it. One is her best friend, Dominic, who was also her first boyfriend, first kiss, mm-hmm. first everything. And Aww. he is a, he's a bisexual disaster, and we love him. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a prince. Uh, he's a functioning alcoholic. <laughs> oh. He's... Yes, yes, he's a he's a fun character. So, um, Elena is a uh, well, <laughs> pun intended, the straight man in the relationship <laughs> between the two of them, <laughs> and um, so they are both just kind of um, you know living their best non-monogamous life, traveling and going on adventures, jumping from fandom to fandom together, and it's okay. really fun. Yeah. And the other character uh, is uh, Leo, who is Elena's dance instructor. Um, Leo is a Russian-Cuban uh, asexual icon. He's basically like a male version of Jessica Rabbit, because like, I have this image of him like teaching a dance class, and all these soccer moms are like drooling all over him, but he doesn't really get it. Like He's panromantic ace. Like He is extremely ace. Like Dancing is like the intimacy for is intimacy for him. He doesn't really require Interesting. anything else. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I had canon Jessica Rabbit as asexual. <laughs> you know what? I could see where you get that interpretation. Yeah, I stand by the internet headcanon of uh, ace Jessica Rabbit. You know, she just needs a man who can make her laugh, and I, I love mm-hmm. that for her. <laughs> Okay, so Leo is uh, taught Elena dance since she was sixteen years old, and uh, mm-hmm. till she was uh, uh, twenty-two. 
So, okay, okay. Yeah. Out of curiosity, what style of dance? Like modern ballet, hip hop, kind of all over the place. A little bit like of everything. Choreography. The majority of it was a lot of contemporary and uh, Latin dances because uh, Leo is uh, from Cuba. Um, his family immigrated mm-hmm. from Russia during the Cold War, as a lot of Cuban people did. And um, then he uh, ended up, when his family decided to leave Russia, um, there was a shipwreck and he ended up on Magebridge. <laughs> Okay, now where, like, where in the world is Magebridge? Is it North America, Central America, England? Um, well, uh, Magebridge is actually in another realm that can only be accessed through the Black Sea, because the Black Sea is, a, uh, you know, when I was little, I thought it was so neat that the Black Sea was known as the Bottomless Sea. So I was like, yeah, so you just kind of end up accidentally getting sucked in. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So we're dealing with kind of like a Bermuda Triangle, but it ends up yeah. actually leading to an extra plane. Yes, exactly. Um, there also is a boatman. Um, he's kind of based on the Underworld boatman, but instead he's... Oh, uh, uh, Charon, I yes, think? Yes, Charon. Is the pronunciation? Yes. Um, he is also a skeleton, but he's a, he's a comedian. <laughs> He's an undead comedian skeleton, and his name is Rex, and he is 100% done with all of you, but he'll take you on the boat anyway, because that's his job, okay? <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Is is the toll of passage, like, you have to, you have to laugh at my jokes, please tell me I'm funny. Yeah. Yeah, he just needs you to listen to his routines, but, you know, they're probably, uh, about a Jerry Seinfeld level, you know. How about that airline food? So, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's Magebridge. But, uh, you know, I, I developed Magebridge for a little bit. And then uh, Elena started uh, fandom hopping. And really that happened in uh, March 2014 when I finished Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay, okay. So, so I'm assuming uh, that, that Elena ended up in Sunnydale? Is that it? Sunnydale? Well, actually, no. I uh, I brought the Scoobies to Magebridge. Oh, okay, okay. So I uh, decided to do kind of a university format. Um, mm-hmm. where Okay, um, okay. So at first I, I had it just take place on Magebridge, and then I decided to create a magic school in the uh, deep woods of Maine, because mm-hmm. Maine is just one of those places where, you know, things happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like in, I feel like I had a fix that I was working on with a friend at one point, where we set mm-hmm. our magical school in like the dead center of Iowa. Because who would look for a magic school in the center of the corn and soy fields of Iowa? You know, also totally valid. I, I can get behind that. But yeah, I, I'm also, I, I, I'm a little bit in love with Maine. So I guess that's also why I chose Maine. Um, it's, uh, 
mm-hmm. what is it? Athena. It was Athena Academy for Magical Arts. So it's essentially a magical girl school. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Um, and Buffy. There, so I started this role play with my very best friend Fawn, um, and they were the Buffy to my Elena. And uh, so Buffy is, um, you know, uh, has has a, a very iconic gay panic that we wrote her uh, over Elena, <laughs> and uh, thus the uh, ship Solarson was born. <laughs> nice. It's, That's a it's good one of my favorite. Name. Yeah, it's one of my favorite ship names. Um, <laughs> so that led to me writing a 16-part series about Elena and Buffy, which is still ongoing. I still have a 24th chapter I need to finish. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, it's it's a crazy time, but the first mm-hmm. uh, iteration was a roleplay that Fawn and I did called Ready to Love Again, and it's a nice. super fun thing. Uh, we still quote the fic to each other <laughs> um, because we love it so much. And it was just just such a labor of love. And uh, while that was happening, we also did a uh, Harley Quinn Elena roleplay, which, uh, you know, we have the ship Harlena, which is super nice. fun. That's, a pretty, that's also a good ship name. <laughs> Um, while we were writing Ready to Love Again, I just, uh, Fawn was over one day, and also wearing iconic Harley Quinn knee socks, might I add. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I had this idea of, hey, wouldn't Harley Quinn break Elena's heart? And we both just looked at each other like we had just found God in that second. (laughs) (laughs) And I found God in this AU. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, essentially. And no, 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 wait, that was the wrong meme. And I feel God in this AU tonight. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, so we eventually had uh, Elena and Dominic travel to uh, Gotham, and Dominic is a bit of a, he has a huge man crush on Batman, which, you know, is totally mm-hmm. valid of him. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so he wants to have a Batman sighting, and Elena and him end up, you know, finding out, you know, he's complaining that there nothing has happened in Gotham since they arrived, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not something you say when you're in Gotham, mind you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you're just, <laughs> I feel like if you're anywhere in fiction, you just shouldn't say that, because then stuff happens. <laughs> And stuff did happen. They saw the Joker beating Harley in an alleyway, and then uh, Elena uh, scares the Joker off with her tigress form, and then we get this whole scene, we get this whole uh, roleplay of Elena falling in love with Harley, Harley falling in love with Elena, but Harley being like, do I go back to my abuser, or do I hang out with this hot new girl that just picked me up on the street and let me stay in her apartment? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's it's a very, I mean, I, I will, uh, spoilers, because this, this roleplay is quite old and won't be open to the public, but you know, um, they, they do end up together. She chooses Elena, and it's very cute. And, um, good, you know, good. Uh, just, just two bi girls uh, being pals <laughs> happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so that was really fun. 
And um, then uh, while I was, you know, continuing to write Ready to Love Again, it started to have mm-hmm. a crossover with, uh, because I fell into the Descendants fandom. <laughs> okay, okay. So to make sure that I've got the timeline correct, it was Magebridge, and then mm-hmm. the Buffy College AU, mm-hmm. and then, like, the Gotham AU. Yep. And now, and then we kind of dipped back into Buffy, and now we're going into Descendants. Yes, exactly. Okay, exactly. okay, I have, I, I was getting the roadmap straight in my head. Continue. <laughs> so, the whole Descendants thing, uh, it's my most popular fanfic on my AO3. Um, it's nice. called The Hatchling's Grants. Mentor. Yes, yes. And, um, so when I... <laughs> So one day I was on Wikipedia and uh, looking at uh, the career of one Kristen Chenoweth, as you do, Mm -hmm. and I saw Descendants and I was like, oh, that sounds neat. And I didn't think about it. And then it was 2015 and I saw the first six minutes on YouTube uh, because Disney released it on their YouTube channel then. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I saw Mal, and I saw Evie, and I'm like, these are my daughters now. Disney can't have them. (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee you that you are not the first nor only person to think that. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, as an avid Malvi shipper at the time, I don't hate Ben as much as I did back then. Uh, Ben and I have grown (laughs) together. We have a much more amicable relationship. I love him. He's a very soft boy. (laughs) I am, you know, giving him head pats as we speak. (laughs) Love me a Zac Efron clone, am I right? (laughs) Yeah, I guess I guess that's what he is, huh? <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so yeah, I uh, I decided to have this whole thing where um, so Dominic's last name is Beast. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. what would be fun mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. if um, be- if uh, Ben was uh, Dominic's younger cousin, and Dominic sends Elena this letter while well, she's so she's like you know, living a domestic life with Buffy in her dorm. And then this letter appears in a flash of light. And that's the sort of the fic is Dominic being like, Hey babe. So, um, my cousin is about to become King at 16, which is also a really stupid idea. And he has this idea for like villain integration. And I think it's going to go really badly. So could you just like go over to Oridon, like help him out? And Elena's mm-hmm. like, "Ugh," but I'm with my girlfriend and Buffy's like, but you have a job to do. Do the thing. You know, because she's a slayer and she already has a strong sense of duty and she'll just be like, I'll be here when you get back. And Elena's like, fine, whatever, I'll do the thing. So mm-hmm. she ends up mentoring Mal and it's this really cute uh, big sister, little sister relationship with her and really just the rest of the Rotten Four. Um, Aw, nice. Yeah, so she's just like everybody's big sister but there is also a very funny scene where Jay tries to flirt with her when she meets him and she's like, "Oh, you're so cute. Thanks for trying. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she should have handed out like a card that says like, no. <laughs> or just one that says like, you're too young for me. It, it's 
there's this whole scene um, where, like, she's trying to teach the kids how to waltz, and, like, Jay ends up volunteering, and it's just, it's very funny. Um, and then she also kind of makes um, the boys, like, clear the way for, like, they're in a classroom, so she makes them, like, clear the desks and the chairs, and they do it immediately. Like, Carlos and Jay are so eager to help this tall, beautiful lady. <laughs> it's very cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, for Teens do context, like that, though. Yes, yes. Um, for context, Elena is six foot one, and, um, yeah, is ripped for days. <laughs> as you do, as you do. Yes, yes. Uh, we we stand we stand a uh, a soft butch beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we had descendants, um, and then uh, what happened was I ended up uh, putting Elena in a little town called Storybrook. <laughs> oh no! Okay, let me uh, let me find my seatbelt so I can strap in. <laughs> okay, I'm buckled in. Let's go. <laughs> I guess we're going back to Maine, Christina. <laughs> yep, here we go. Let's get our let's get our plane tickets. All right, no, no, we're not going to Maine. We're going to Vancouver. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I started writing with someone who is an excellent Swan Queen writer. Um, if anyone should really check out uh, Blue Honeybee on Ao3, uh, she is a fantastic Swan Queen writer. And, um, we had, I learned a lot from her, uh, being her writing partner when I was. And, um, okay. so we started to work together and I was really into, um, so I did try to write Elena with, uh, Ruby. Elena and Ruby were a big thing for a while. And then I also okay, okay. had, uh, Elena with Belle, which is really cute because, Belle sort of has a very, like, femme-top energy that Elena just kind of submits to, and it's really, really cute, because she's just, like, turns into, like, this, um, you know, flustered mess around Belle, where she's, like, dropping things, and Belle's just smiling and, like, picking up the books that Elena dropped off the shelves of her library. It is very cute. <laughs> okay. Um, and then there's the whole thing with Regina and Elena, which is just like, I, I love a good cougar ship. I really do. <laughs> or I guess a uh, tigress on cougar ship. But um bum. <laughs> you know what? It's not my thing, but I'm not going to yuck your yum. <laughs> um, but it's, it's really fun. And I love that Elena just kind of gets to be like this new stranger in town because that's kind of how you can very easily introduce a magical character into Storybrooke mm -hmm. because that's an easy format to do where you're just like, oh, this stranger came into town. Who are oh. they? What's their deal? <laughs> yeah, that a thought just occurred to me, which is if Elena is in Storybrooke, then it follows that she must then become intrinsically connected to some kind of Disney property. Did oh she God. become connected to one of those? <laughs> Um, you know, I didn't really this have that happen, but... Okay, okay. You know, if I had to pick one, I'd kind of like her to replace Rumpelstiltskin as the Beast for Belle. <laughs> I, I don't um, think that you would be the first person wanting to have that happen, uh, to replace <laughs> a certain character in Belle's storyline. 
I'm just going to yes. CC Tanner and Lindsay in on this. <laughs> oh, yes, I listened to that episode. That was quite good. I, I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Belle is my favorite Disney princess. Because um, I, too, was a kid who uh, read too much and was thought weird because I read too much and too often. <laughs> Important question that just occurred to me. Hmm. In, because Elena does a lot of world hopping. Yes. Is it in the sense of just, like, she is simply traveling to these worlds that are that are ex- that are in existence outside of her own or is it like she goes to she goes to Storybrooke and she recognizes that oh this is Belle from Beauty and the Beast because she's seen the Disney movie um it's a little bit of both uh it really okay, depends okay. you know i i sort of pick and choose on uh, how much uh, fourth wall knowledge i want elena to have <laughs> mhm mhm um because i i i'm gonna let this drop about the whole uh, Harley Quinn roleplay. Elena is a bit of a nervous fangirl when she meets Harley Quinn and drops several <laughs> things when she has Harley Quinn on her couch because she's like, I have an iconic supervillain on my futon right now. What do? Too gay for this. Help. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes, honestly. It's just, it's, it's so cute. <laughs> Aw, that's good. So, yeah, um, I also did this really fun thing where I had Elena and Mulan go on an adventure together. Uh, Mulan finds Elena stuck in a trap (laughs) while she's hunting in her tigress form. (laughs) Okay, okay. So, it's a really fun thing, and this is Mulan after, uh, the, uh, oops-a-daisy of, um, Ruby Slippers. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So, um, I'm talking about the, uh, LGBT episode that the writers gave us, uh, in Once Upon a Time, where, uh, Ruby, uh, decides to, uh, end up with Hunger Games Dorothy while Mulan is right there. Uh, Oh, okay. I think I vaguely remember hearing people being upset about that. Yes. Yes, and granted, I I do believe that episode, you know, I'm very glad that we have Ruby as a canonical bi icon. I'm very happy for her, and if she if she is into Hunger Games, Dorothy, more power to her, but Mulan was right there, guys. Right there. Mm-hmm. And y- y'all should have given her a girlfriend. So, well, um, Adam and Eddie did not... I did, and that girlfriend was Elena, so I did a nice little uh, four-chapter ride uh, between them, and it's really cute, and my (laughs) summary of the whole thing is, I gave Mulan a girlfriend. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I bet plenty of people probably picked it up just for that title alone. Or for that, like, for that that summary. (laughs) I mean, it, 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 you know, I, I'm really all about uh, just giving the gays what they want <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> writing fan fiction. Speaking of which, uh, the uh, last world I am going to talk about Elena hopping in is technically her own, but we had uh, some visitors from one Rosewood, Pennsylvania. 
Okay, I don't know what this one is. Uh, Pretty Little Liars. Pretty Little Liars. Okay. Okay. So All I know my... about Pretty Little Liars is there's a character named A, <laughs> and they get real deep into, like, murder and crime within, like, the first season. Yes. <laughs> and just kept going from there. Yes. So, um... The first two seasons of Pretty Little Liars, I would recommend. Anything after that is optional. <laughs> okay. Duly noted, duly noted. But there is a black and white episode in the season four that is quite good. And it's basically um, noir gangster film. And everyone looks amazing. And it's entirely, it's basically just a uh, one of the characters' um, insomnia-induced... Um, um, I guess, fantasy sequence, daydream thing huh. uh, that she's trying to use to figure out a mystery uh, that is currently happening in the season, and it is quite good. And you don't really need to know what else is going on. It's just really cool to see, like, you know, all the actors, uh, you know, just having a ball in 1940s garb and, and all of them look incredible in black and white. It's called Shadow Play. Would definitely recommend. <laughs> it's my favorite episode. Um, but the pilot okay. is pretty solid. <laughs> anyway, so, yes. <laughs> so Elena ended up in Pretty Little Liar World. Yes, yes. So um, I did have her with the canonical uh, lesbian character, Emily Fields, for a little bit. And uh, there is also this uh, bit of a love triangle with her and uh, Emily's uh, canonical love interest, Allison. And uh, it's okay. really interesting um, because Selena is more of like the guide for, for the characters, um, for mm -hmm. uh, everybody, for the liars uh, when they arrive on Magebridge. So there's this joke that uh, my friends and I have about Magebridge, where usually when someone ends up in Magebridge, they end up washed up on the beach, probably feeling a little bit like they're hungover. <laughs> and it's this whole running gag where if someone yeah. ends up in Magebridge, they end up on the beach, their head probably hurts. So that's kind of what happens with uh, with the girls. Um, you know, there's this whole prophecy scene um, with uh, the, the empress of Magebridge, who is also a friend of Elena's. Um, okay. She's very well connected. And, uh, so no, Elena ends up, it. ends up, uh, bringing these girls to, uh, to the palace and telling them of the prophecy. Um, but Elena really is, uh, sort of the guide. And I, I really like Elena as the, uh, as the gatekeeper of Magebridge. She's kind of, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the mage in the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> she's the welcome um, wagon. Yes, yes, um, and and a, and a lovely welcome wagon she is. <laughs> Aww. Um, but yeah, it's it, it was just really fun to uh, to write her in there, and uh, that was kind of one of the first fix where she kind of didn't end up with anybody. Like she ended up not getting the girl, which was really fun to huh. write. Is just have her have this very uh, fun character journey. It really wasn't about her. But she did start the story, and um, so she does kind of become a background character in this fic, uh, which is called Out of the Woods, by the way, if anyone wants to check it out. It's, it's a really fun, uh, it's okay. a really fun, fantastical ride. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting to just have her be a side character in this, and um, 
Yeah. Had a really fun time. <laughs> so you talking about having Elena not being a main character made me think of a question, which mm. is, did did writing her as a side character, like, give you any more specific insights into, like, her as a person? Like, how how is she, like, written and how does she act when she is not, you know, the main character whose face is on the front cover? Actually, uh, pretty badly. <laughs> It was it was really interesting because she ended up having a fight with um, Allison, you know, uh, Emily's main love interest, who Allison is not. She is a very complicated and uh, uh, not a very nice person to start out with. So um, but Elena acts very selfishly. And uh, she gets called out on it. And there is a scene where, like, she ends up sort of having a a moral crisis about how she acted and, um, you know, having a fight with, uh, with one of the other characters, one of the other characters who, uh, is actually Dominic's sister and her sister-in-law. Um. Wait, what? (laughs) So, Elena's brothers are married to Elena's best friends, weirdly, and they're also her (laughs) sister-in-laws. Okay. Okay, yes. I for- I forgot that Elena had siblings, and my yes. brain was like, oh, Elena and Ben got married. Wait, no. <laughs> or not, oh, not Ben, Dominic. Dominic. No, um, that's the thing I love about uh, Dominic and Elena is that everyone kind of wants them together, because they seem like the perfect couple. But mm-hmm. they're not really there yet. Also, uh, Dominic is sort of on a journey of uh, figuring out that he's a romantic. Okay. So that's a whole fun thing for him, which yeah. is a fun, which is cool because like it's a very interesting subversion of Prince Charming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's a whole <laughs> thing where. Elena ends up, so, um, Allison is working as a double agent for the royals, and, um, one of her close friends is the queen, who is, uh, you know, uh, Dominic's sister, Midge, and Midge is just kind of like, um, you can't talk to my soldier like that, what are you doing? Um, literally, Elena ends up, like, scratching her with, like, tiger claws, because she's just so mad at Allison, Allison is being so mean to her, but she has a right to be, And, yeah, so Midge is like, no, you can't do that. That's not okay. I need you to get out. You're suspended from military duties until you can get your temper under control. (laughs) Oh, my. Yeah. I mean, yay consequences, but also yikes. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really interesting, it was a really interesting character moment. I like when I can make Elena not perfect, because she isn't. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's also part of her appeal is that there is this pridefulness, there's this need for perfection, but she isn't perfect. Kind of the fact that she is such a perfectionist, that she wants to, she is such a people pleaser, is what gets in, gets her in her own way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very true. And that's, like, a good way to, like, think about it, too. If that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's just this uh, very relatable overcompensation that's understandable. I mean, her mother died when she was eight years old, and then she was just told all her life, your mother was a war hero, and she was amazing, and you look just like her, which she does. Um, so that's really hard to grow up with that. Mm-hmm. Also, being the only girl in a house full of boys, that's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I believe that. I totally believe that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just kind of a, a fun thing. So, yeah, that's really um kind of where Elena... I haven't really had her, like, actively fandom hopping. There is a victorious roleplay uh, that uh, my current writing partner and I did for a little bit. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yeah. Except that one, Elena didn't have her powers in. She was just, you know, uh, just a very buff uh, (laughs) 20-something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun um, because we were doing a uh, Jade and Tori storyline. And so Jade started having a crisis after sleeping with Elena because Elena is a brunette and has great cheekbones and so does Tori. So she was like oh no, uh, this this brought up way too many gay feelings, what do? Um, so <laughs> Elena does actually become a bit of a side character in that one, which was kind of interesting, because we just wanted it to be a one-shot, and then it just, it is not a one-shot anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it be that way. <laughs> it do be like that. Yeah, but uh, besides that, um, mostly just uh, working on a draft of, uh, you know, um, the the novel that Elena is, is going to be in. And the cool thing is, I mean, she is a main character, but it's fun because I get to write her as a love interest. So I get to, like, write her with rose-colored glasses because <laughs> she's a love interest for multiple characters. Um, mm-hmm. It's really fun because for a while I didn't realize that Elena was a non-monogamous character. And now that mm-hmm. I get to write her as a non-monogamous character, it's so much easier to write her. <laughs> Because that's just yeah. who she's always been. <laughs> okay. So, I, I know you literally just said that she's non-monogamous, but what is your favorite relationship that she's been in? Oh, God. <laughs> um, I honestly have a huge soft spot for her and Dominic being together. Um, just because there's this sweetness and sincerity you don't see... Mm-hmm. They, they have with each other that they don't have with anybody else. Um, and I, I actually do plan on, um, I do actually plan on having them get married at some point. Um, they're going to get married and have a kid. It's going to be, yeah, they are, you know, I think it's really interesting to have a marriage of somebody, you know, a family that's, you know, they're going to be co-parenting, but I wouldn't say they're, they're in love. I think that their relationship is much deeper than that. I think it's just a mm-hmm. very, very deep and powerful platonic love between them that just happens to include physical intimacy because that's just a big thing for the both of them. Interesting. Okay. I, um, I will admit, Harley, I thought you were going to say Buffy. <laughs> um... <laughs> I do love Solarson. It has a, it has a, I have a huge, huge soft spot for that, but I have to say that's probably <laughs> in the number two spot because when it comes down to it, I'm team Tiger Dom, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely my 
favorite relationship for for the for Elena is just her and Dominic are just so special together. Um, nice. And that's really in the original draft they were supposed to be Endgame anyway. So. <laughs> okay, it just it's just that the Endgame looks different now. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of um, the journey is different than the destination. Mm-hmm. The destination is the same, but the journey is wildly different now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So since we're kind of coming to the end of the episode, anything that you want to mention about Elena before we go into the last question? Um, I do want to mention that um, whenever I can, I do make cat puns. There are catnip jokes. And Good. Elena is Good. a grumpy cat in the morning. She is not a morning person. You do not talk to Elena until she has had her coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad to. I'm glad to hear that. I'm sure there's probably <laughs> lots of memes made about her by her friends and family. Yes. Yes. <laughs> good. Very. Very good. So Harley, your last question then is, why do you love Elena so much? I mean, we, we don't have much time left, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just, I love how resilient she is, how passionate she is. Her passion is just what really, you know, has me love her. Um, you know, sort of call her my mm-hmm. wife with my friends. You know, I'm just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my wife. Uh, pretty much. I, I would say she's the Morticia to my Gomez. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I I do self-ship. <laughs> That's a thing I do. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think I would... I, I think that is perfectly fine. I'm... The, my, my personal, like, boundary is, like, I don't do, like, real... Like, like, RPF, I don't do that. Fair enough, yeah. I, like, if I you want to ship yourself with your character, go for it. I mean, it's gone as far as I actually have a uh, tattoo of Elena's tigress form on my right shoulder, because she is right-handed and I'm left-handed, so. Nice. I think that might be the first time that we've had someone on the show who has a tattoo of their OC. <laughs> Well, uh, know, she was she was my first tattoo, and um, I've only uh, well, I've only had her uh, on my arm since October. Well, at least in that sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty happy with it. Uh, the artist did a wonderful job. <laughs> good. I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. It's always good to have good tattoos. Yeah. I say as someone who doesn't have any tattoos, but who has seen plenty of tattoo fails on the internet. Well, Elena actually has three tattoos of her own, so. Oh, nice. Okay, um, I think that might be a good place to call it. I agree. Um, so, uh, thank you very much, Harley, for uh, coming on the show to talk about Elena, especially um, especially after having to deal with the audio issues that we did last time. Thank you for being willing to come back and uh, talk about her again. I could talk about Elena till the cows come home. <laughs> <laughs> 
that that's the way it is with the best OCs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is the part of the episode where you get to promote things, give sh- things shout-outs. Where would you like to be found on the internet? Well, you can find me on my name-dropping Twitter, <laughs> known as I Write Queer Sense. It's my handle. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. my Twitter name currently is, uh, Afterbite's Werewolf Dad, which Afterbite is a Vampire Diaries podcast, and if you haven't listened, you should. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you can also find me on Archive of Our Own under the name PassionPire88, that is Pyre as in Vampire, and Passion as in I am very passionate about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and, uh, number eight... <laughs> Uh, twice, 88, because 8 is my favorite number, and I am in the 8th house as a Scorpio. <laughs> Valid. I've, I've had email addresses with weirder logic, so good on ya. <laughs> but that's that's pretty much it for promos. <laughs> nice. In that case, then, I'm gonna go ahead and do my outro. The Home for Your Odysseys is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found through Acast and your local podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is Violet by Poddington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. We can be reached at waywardocpod at gmail.com or at waywardocpod on Twitter. If you're interested in connecting with Wayward and the other Corner Podcast Network shows, such as Loser Like Me, Not If I Root You First, and Faithful, we have a Discord server and I believe that most of the Twitter accounts should have a link somewhere on their page. But if you don't want to go digging, just message one of those podcast accounts and we can get you the invite. Uh, and uh, I am always accepting applications uh, for people to talk about their original characters. And it's not applications in the sense of, like, you need to apply and submit a resume. But it does help if you fill out the uh, Google form that is, I think, the pinned tweet on the Wayward Twitter account. Um, I have, I have some guests that I can go through for the next couple of episodes, uh, but if you are interested in being on the show, or if you know someone who might be, uh, please send in your OC or pass it on to the person or people who do. And as with all podcasts, it is always incredibly helpful if you can rate and review us on your listening platform of choice, because it helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been the Home for Wayward OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Let's, uh, everyone, everyone cross your fingers and pray to whatever, whatever deity you hold most dear that, <laughs> that the technology doesn't decide to revolt <laughs> on us in the middle of the recording. I am still recording. You're still recording. Yeah, yes, we're good. Yes, I am. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs>We are B. Jordan and Brian, and we're the hosts of a new podcast, Afterbite. It's a podcast, and it's a kind of like a Vampire Diaries fan cast. It's only 10 years too late. We waited till the perfect time to talk about the Vampire Diaries, and we decided it was now. I would like to uh, say that it's not 10 years too late. It's 10 years right on time. Yep. Okay. We're I just a couple that. months too late. The way this podcast works is we're going to watch every single episode of The Vampire Diaries, The Originals, and Legacies in order, talk about them, 
and rank them so you don't have to, basically. We're doing all the heavy lifting for you. Yeah, you're welcome because I don't heavy lift anything. Exactly. We're doing the heavy lifting that is kind of heavy on our souls of having to watch every single episode of this strange, bad universe. Okay, calm down. So basically, what we're going to do every episode of Afterbite is we're going to watch two episodes of either The Vampire Diaries, The Originals, or Legacies. And again, we will be watching them in order, so buckle up, kids. We're going back to 2009. I hope the you're ready. year ever. 303 is relevant again. Mm-hmm. I'm in middle school. It's, oh, so great. I'm just starting middle school, actually. Oh, right now? Congratulations. Yeah. We're going to be Vampire Diaries in it up. And I love Vampire Diaries. B hates it. Mm-hmm. Jordan I, has I don't never. I love it. Well, she doesn't love it. Okay, well, that's fair. Jordan has never seen it. So it's going to be, as the kids say, lit. Do kids still say that? I don't know. No one says that anymore. Oh, they don't? That's sad. You know what, Brian? You and me can bring it back. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna dab on them haters. Okay, oh, well, God. now you can stop because oh, you're what? making a fool of yourself. Okay, okay. Hit, hit, hit the woe. Okay, goodbye. The <laughs> woe is still a thing. The woe is still a thing. Oh, it is great. Okay. Thank God. So yes. Brian did one good thing. This podcast is for fans of The Vampire Diaries or people who are really intimidated by the amount of episodes in TVD. We're making it manageable for you. Yeah, this is basically if you only watch Legacies and don't understand anything. That's me. I'm, I'm that person and we're going to experience this together.